0: when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So um, Jesus is talking about this process of giving birth, which is obviously incredibly painful and uh, and strenuous, um, but then the life that comes through it more than makes up for the strain and the effort. Jesus knows all about this. He gave birth to the church through the cross. So Jesus is. Jesus knows what it is to suffer, but He knows what it is to suffer in such a way that it is very much worth uh, the pain. And um, uh, although planting and giving birth to a church has its moments of difficulty and strain and labour, the joy that outweighs it goes way beyond, way, 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 way beyond. And um, I really want to uh, just talk quickly about one element of the joy that's the, of, of planting here, is that I've known fellowship with other churches and other church leaders that I've never known before. Genuine, heart-level friendship where you just know that you are shoulder-to-shoulder, to shoulder moving together, um, you, you, You're all on the same page. Uh, and to meet and to pray regularly with a number of dear friends who, who lead other churches in the area has just been an absolute joy. And I know we've all enjoyed various different events, even um, Easter Sunday at New Life and various things. It's, this, is, this is the kind of unity Jesus prayed about. It's not when you all sit in a room and pretend, you know, or we we'll sing the same hymns and hope it's okay. This is where your hearts are connected for the kingdom. And it's such a, such a pleasure. Which is why I've asked three dear friends from local churches to share the sermon today. So to ask three preachers to preach for ten minutes each. Now that's quite a challenge. So please do commend them when they stick to it. <laughs> When they stick to it. So I I really wanted them to be able to all all just be able to pray and just bring a short word from the Lord for us. I thought that would be a great thing for us, to be able to hear God's heart for us through them. And to be built up in that way, and to welcome them among us. So, um, I'll tell you who they all are now. That way, when they then when they do their tag teaming, we haven't got to do a big intro every time, but they can hand straight on to one another. First up will be Paul Hickman um, from New Life Church. Paul and Barbara are with us. Paul and Barbara, can you stand so we can see you? Paul and Barbara are wonderful, wonderful people. Um, I don't know if you're able to stick around afterwards. If you are, please get, please find them and talk to them. Uh, and I guarantee you will want to leave Revelation Church and join New Life Church. They are amazing, amazing people and dear, dear friends and uh, and very close neighbours to us as well, which has been really a real, a real joy. Paul's going to be up on his feet uh, first, and he will be closely followed by the one and only Jules Musoki. Jules, can you stand? So. Jules is so confident; he's even clapping himself, which is great. And uh, Jules is the minister at Chalk Farm Baptist Church, and has, has uh, carries the biggest and most uh, generous heart for the kingdom of God. I think I've ever ever experienced. And uh, uh, numbers of us who who dare to stick around for Christmas Day in the area uh, enjoy Jules and his family's wonderful worship leading every Christmas morning. It's part of our family tradition now. And uh, just to be so blessed by these guys, we've got our office in their building. We run food bank from there. Just be so Great to partner with you, so that's great. And then finally, we've got uh, the vicar from St. Luke's, John March, at the back here, who many of you will know. And uh, Myself and John became friends because Melody and their eldest, Kaylee, became friends at nursery, then the mums met, and then finally at a barbecue, the dads met and uh, got on like a house on fire. And it's so great to be able to be shoulder to shoulder with John in the area uh, for the gospel. It's, it's been an absolute joy. And so we will uh, gather regularly with other uh, pastors and elders from our churches to pray, and I'm, just, I'm so excited that you guys can come and, and speak to us today. So Paul please feel free to hand straight on to Jules, Jules to John, and then I'll wrap things up at the end. So, Paul Hickman, over to you. Happy
1: birthday, Revelation. Amen. I bring greetings and love from the saints at New Life. It's been fantastic to be able to journey together here in this part of London. I've got some encouragement for you today from the book of Nehemiah. I believe there's some parallels that, uh, between what God is doing here amongst you at Rev and between the exciting story that is recounted in the book of Nehemiah. If you don't know the story of Nehemiah, uh, he was a man called by God to go to Jerusalem and to do a work for God at a time when Jerusalem was a very discouraging place to be. The walls of the city of Jerusalem are described in Nehemiah 1 verse 3 as broken down. To so the people of God had been exiled and what was once a vibrant place filled with God's people had become desolate and an abandoned place. I felt for some time that this part of North London has been in a similar abandoned state. See, I've been part of church here for 30 years, over 30 years. I've, been, I've lived here and I've, thought, I've prayed a lot about this amazing city that God's called us to. And I've reflected on the similarity between this Old Testament book and I believe what God is doing here amongst us. If you're interested in local history, you know that the fields that lie beneath our feet today had only farms and taverns up until the 1850s. But with the expansion of the railways, the fields which are under our feet became streets and houses. And amazingly, the urbanisation of the area coincided with a spiritual awakening in this country. As a result, if you look at the old maps, if you look at the maps of Camden and Kentish Town, what struck me is the number of churches, the number of chapels, the number of missions. See, the spiritual foundation of this part of London is very good. If you look back 150, 160 years, it's incredible. The spiritual foundation of where we're sat today was amazing, is amazing. Even if just a few hundred yards away, on Prince of Wales Road, there's that incredible building with those Corinthian pillars that was once a Methodist chapel. It started, that chapel started as a mission to the poor underneath the railway arches in Kentish Town. And it grew so quickly that they established a church, which uh, is in Bassett Street, just off Malden Road. And that church, which is now Kentish Town Evangelical Church, that church, within four years, it was overflowing. And so they built, God prosper, God blessed them. And they built that magnificent building, which you can see on Prince of Wales Road today. And if you read local history, the, the descriptions of spiritual life at that time are incredible. The chapel was packed to capacity. Even up until the early 1900s, the main auditorium seated 500 people. On a Sunday it was full. The overflows which seated hundreds were full. It wasn't just formal church going, it was real spiritual life that dominated and influenced this area. And it wasn't just an isolated incident. Similar stories for Malden Hall, just off Queen's Crescent. Highgate Chapel, we just saw a picture of Highgate Road Chapel where you are on Friday. That dominated that area of Gospel Oak for many, many years. But sadly, after two world wars, the church in this area abandoned, closed the building behind us. Of course, now is the Zobudovich um, Art Gallery. And the spiritual walls of God's work in this area were broken down. And so now as you read the book of Nehemiah... We see that when everything was broken down and empty, it was at that time, in Nehemiah 2 verse 12, it says this God put it into Nehemiah's heart to go and rebuild. See, God stirred his heart to go somewhere. He wasn't living in Jerusalem. God sent him there, and what was desolate, what was broken down, God sent him to rebuild God's work. And I believe God has stirred many of our hearts to come to this part of Camden and to come and see God's work rebuilt. I believe God stirred Steph, Davinas, others of you, others of your heart, to come here and see God's work built in North London. And certainly many of us can identify with Nehemiah. When he arrived at Jerusalem, it looked like there was a lot to do. God's strategy of rebuilding at the time of Nehemiah was to get groups of people to rebuild the city wall and divide up the task and give groups responsibility for different parts of the wall. And I believe this is the privilege we've got of working together as churches because I believe God's strategy for this part of North London is to be get congregations to come and to start to build God's work here. St Luke's up um, in Kentish Town. Chalk Farm Baptist just over the road. New Life Us up in Tufnell Park. This congregation and other congregations, each building part of God's work, part of the wall here in North London. And I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to everyone here at Rev for your heart hard work, your faith, your courage, your example, and the all that you have achieved in just eight short years. Do you know, I've seen a number of churches come to this part of North London, try to plant here in the centre of Camden, and you've succeeded where they didn't. And so I want to honour today what you've done. I want to honour it, I want to encourage you for the task ahead. Because we see in Nehemiah, there was incredible opposition to the work of God. Those who opposed Nehemiah, they ridiculed what he was doing. They threatened them, they intimidated them. In fact, the enemy said in Nehemiah 4 verse 11, the enemy said this against God's people, he says, we will put an end to the work. And I know some of you have experienced tough times. The thing I want you to notice in Nehemiah is that those who oppose God's work, they never actually succeeded in stopping the work God was doing. In fact, we read this in Nehemiah 4 verse 15. Wonderful, listen to this encouragement. It says, God frustrated their plot. The encouragement I have for you this afternoon, as I finish, is this. It's Nehemiah 4 verse 17. Let's look, I just wanted to look at this verse, because I think it's a key verse, it's the verse I feel for you this afternoon. And they faced opposition, they'd started to build, they'd rolled their sleeves up. Nehemiah had got these groups together, they were starting to build, they were starting to see God's work prosper. And then the opposition came. How did they respond? Nehemiah 4, verse 17. Those that were working, they did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. See, they realized that actually there was work to do. They realized that actually we've got to get on and do the work God's called us to do there, them in in Jerusalem. But also they realized there was an imminent threat. Also, they realized there was an opposition. Also, they didn't take lightly the fact that it's contested. And I believe it speaks to you, it speaks to me, it speaks to us. That with one hand God calls us to continue to work hard. Hard work with all the projects and all the serving and all the reaching out and all the touching people's lives. But that with one hand, but at the same time with the other hand, this weapon which I believe speaks of prayer, it's of intercession. That there's two things God wants us to do. One is to work very hard. Nehemiah 4, verse 6, it says, The people work with all their heart. One thing I just love about all you guys at Rev is you work so hard. God bless you. Keep on working hard for God's kingdom with one hand. And with the other, keep praying. I really commend you this prayer meeting on Friday night. Just keep working and keep praying. Because look what happens in Nehemiah 6 verse 15. It says this, in the end, the wall was completed and the work had been done with the help of God. And so you're in process, you're building and you're praying and the wall is going up. Your bit that God's given you to do here at Rev, God's given you this task. I'd encourage you, work hard, pray hard. See the wall built and God, as he did there in Jerusalem, will do it by his name. Father, Heavenly Father, I pray. I pray for my brothers and sisters here and I ask in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for all that they have done. Thank you for the heart you've given them to work hard, to give their lives, to touch the lost, to serve communities here. Father, thank you. That is from you, and I bless it in Jesus' name. And I pray, Lord, that you continue to encourage them. Where there's opposition, personal, family, church, where there's opposition, God, would you encourage them to work hard and to keep praying. To work hard and to keep interceding. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 (laughs) Jules. It's over to you, brother. A tag.
2: Thank you for these lovely words, uh, Reverend. Praise God. In eight years of Kingdom's work, you, the Revelation Church accomplished a lot and there is so much more that is in store for you you will remember the words of Paul in Philippians chapter 3 saying straining toward what is ahead press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called you heavenward in Christ Jesus I am so honored that you have invited me to be here and to celebrate this milestone with you i have come to say thank you for what you have done you have been doing and encourage you to keep on doing keep on going amen i we love you And appreciate you dearly. And I can't resist to say looking at all of you, you are really good looking. (laughs) A well wise wisher once said, may the best day of the past be the worst day of the future. The best is yet to come. The latter house shall be greater than the former. I want to thank you, and I want to thank God for the great and and wise and strong and humble leadership of our dear friend Pastor Steph, recognizing Sister Davina, his wife, your precious pearl, and family by your side, with all the leaders around you. I count it a privilege to call you friend. I believe the past years were great. Hey, my brother. You have not seen anything yet of what God is going to do in your life individually and as a church. Huge congratulations. And particularly from uh, my, my, um, your family at Choke Farm Baptist Church as well. Happy Eight anniversary. <laughs> you have had your good times and tough times, like any church over a period of time. But I know your influence goes way beyond your church. I thank God also for how He brought you through dangers, seen and unseen. There are tears you shed. You told nobody about. We are inspired by your faith. infused by your tenacity. Motivated by your confession. And fed by your teachings. Let me say this. Hell is emptier and heaven is fuller. Amen? Amen. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 11, Jesus teaching his disciples said, In this manner therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Eight years have come and the days of eight years have gone by. Now pray for today's and this day's blessing. Amen. Amen. The fresh bread from God who gives to those who ask. Give us this day our daily bread. Not yesterday's, not yesterday's bread, not yesterday's blessing, but this day's bread, today's blessing. In Exodus chapter 16, we read in verse 4, Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people... Are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. Let every man gather it according to each one's need. One omer for each person according to the number of persons. Let every man take for those who are in. His tent. His church. Gather for you and others. Pray for you and others. Gather for one another and pray for one another. Your friend needs the bread you will gather. Amen. I pray less for tradition, being too transitional, but more for transition, being transitional. You will not meet today's challenges with yesterday's bread. Don't hold on to something God has finished with. Our prayers, and may you allow me to say your prayers, need to be, give us... This day, our daily bread. Not yesterday's bread. Not the bread of the previous years. But give us the bread that we need this day for today's challenge. The day that I am in. Not the bread of the past, but give us this day the bread for the day. Give us the nourishment, the blessing, the grace, and the favor we need for this day. We need to eat the bread of our time. You need to eat the bread of this time. The bread of this generation. The bread of this day. In the grace of our day. Give us this day. It means that you need to go to God every day to talk to Him every day. Give us this day our daily bread. I believe God cooks and bakes something fresh every day. Amen? The Bible tells us His mercies are new every morning. Don't rely on yesterday's, but on today's bread. Depend on God for your daily sustenance, maintenance, circumstance, assistance, guidance, insurance, and substance. Be hungrier for this day's bread. Join me in prayer and say, Father, give us this day our daily bread. In Jesus' name. And the people of God say, Amen. 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 Happy anniversary. And this is our Vicar, Reverend John. Bless you. Good to see you.
3: I feel like this is some kind of uh, ecclesiastical rap battle. I feel like we shouldn't be hugging, but like high-fiving or like some kind of WWE SmackDown. You know, we're going to kind of, So I've got the, uh, I've got to finish things off. Um, it's great to be, I've never been here. Um, I'm busy on Sundays. And, um, it's great, it's honestly great to be here. I like what you've done with the place. Um, it's honestly, it's good to be here. I, I love, I love being part of this community. I love being part of what you guys are about here at Rev. I love what um, the guys at chalk Farm and New Life are about and God is God is doing something and um, I just felt as I was coming over here um, I just feel like the, I just feel, feel like the, the tide is turning. Amen. I thought i 'd try an amen here <laughs> we 're a bit uptight in the Anglican Church. <laughs> I don't always get anything back, (laughs) unless it's on the screen in bold type, you know how it works? (laughs) You know, God really blesses unity, um, and um, he really does, and I'm just going to be completely honest with you, I I recognize many of you, I'm going to struggle to remember some of your names, but just to be completely honest, not as a vicar, uh, but... Just as a, as a man stood before you, I think sometimes we get into the business of competition, looking over our shoulders at what the guys down the road are doing. And um, I just think we need to actively walk in the opposite direction. That's why I love meeting up with you guys on a monthly basis. I, I love what, just having the coffees and sharing our hearts for this neighborhood. I, I love the working together. I love sharing with you guys, doing Alpha at the moment and Fleet coming up. And it's just amazing what God is doing. The tide, the tide is turning and um, I want to honour your leaders here, Um, pray for them, pray for the ones that have the honour of being paid to do leadership here, Uh, pray for the ones who do it on top of everything else they're doing, just pray for your leaders, we just want to encourage you to do that, but um, as I was preparing, um, uh, I just felt God draw my uh, mind to a passage, it was more like I got a sense of the words and then I had to, Thank goodness for apps that enable you to search. Where does that bit come from? What did they do in the old days, eh? <laughs> I spent hours just waiting. Anyway, Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 4. And I'm just going to read it for us and then pick up a couple of verses. Then the angel who had been talking with me. Zechariah is a prophet. Uh, he um, He's had several visions along the way and he's written them down. And this is the fourth vision that he's got. So the angel who'd been talking with me returned and woke me as though I'd been asleep. What do you see now? He asked. I answered, I see a gold, a solid gold lampstand with a bowl of oil on top of it. Around the bowl are seven lamps, each having seven spouts with wicks. And I see two olive trees, one on each side of the bowl. Then I asked the angel, what are these, my Lord? What do they mean? Don't you know, the angel asked. No, my Lord, I replied. Then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force, nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, may God bless it. May God bless it. Then another message came to me from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple, and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. And uh, I just felt that verse, do not uh, despise uh, small beginnings. Do not despise uh, small beginnings. You see, what Zerubbabel had been asked to do was to rebuild uh, the temple. uh, And he was the one that was kind of in charge of of laying the foundations as this uh, prophecy gives. And as we know, the temple was the place of God's presence. That was the place where the glory of the Lord dwelt within. That was, that was where if you were the, if you went into the Holy of Holies and you hadn't gone through the right kind of cleansing rituals, you're a dead, literally you're a dead man. They tied a bit of rope around your leg and dragged you out, like they knew that you were a dead man walking. And so the high, the, holy, uh, the, the high priest would go in there once a year, and that was once a year only, because the presence of God was so strong and so powerful that you had to be the most holy to be able to uh, make your way uh, into that place. And of course, now we read that and we know actually that the Holy of Holies is not a place, but rather about inside a, a, a people. Inside each one of us, and in and, imperfect and, and vessels though we are, we are that has been made perfect by Jesus Christ Himself, who, who made all things perfect. Uh, and we don't have to strive to be holy uh, uh, as much uh, because His Spirit is at work in us, and He's the one that does the sanctification, and we partner with Him in that. But the, the, the point of what I wanted to draw out today is that I feel like uh, what, what God is doing uniquely uh, for you uh, is that He's building a place of His presence. Uh, and, and I sense that when I walk into this place, it might be a high school for the rest of the time, uh, but I sense that. Uh, he's building a people of his presence. Where you guys go, he goes. You, you know, this isn't confined to uh, Sunday afternoons. This is, this is about wherever you guys go, to your, to your homes, to your families, to your workplaces, to the estates around here, to the, to the streets. Onto, uh, wherever you guys go, he goes with you. That Instead of being a place of his presence, we are uh, people of his presence. And what Zerubbabel was doing is he was building a a, a place where where the presence of God would be known. Uh, And the reminder from the prophet is, do not despise uh, the small beginnings. Do not despise. I'm going to read that again. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And it might seem funny, eight years down the track, you know, you guys are leading uh, the way. Uh, I I, I feel like uh, we're, we're, we're so... Uh, embryonic in what we're doing up at St Luke's, and, and by the way, I, I send love from the guys there, uh, and and uh, we just love partnering with you in, in all that we do together. Uh, but I, ju- I just sense that uh, that what you guys are doing here is building a people of His presence, uh, and and that although you're eight years in, do not despise the small beginnings. Because he's building something far bigger and greater than you could ever imagine. Uh, and that's going to be up to him to do. Uh, and like these guys have already said, it, we, we put in our work and he does the rest. It's a partnership with, with him. And, uh, you know, uh, God, is, a God of the, is, is about being the God of the small things. He's the God of the mustard seed. The mustard seed of faith. He's, he's the God that, that talks about going after the one sheep when the 99 are safely in the fold. He's, he's, about, uh, he's about the, the, the women uh, uh, who were the most outcasts in their society or the children that would gather around his feet and the disciples wanted to shoo them away. But he said, but theirs is the kingdom of God. And actually it's in the small things that the kingdom of God is found. And Jesus says, those who are faithful in the small things will be trusted with much. And I feel like that's uh, for, for you today. Do not despise the small things. Do not despise the little things, the the small glimpses of his kingdom, because God is doing something much bigger and building something uh, much greater. How is that possible? Well, it says, uh, just to finish, promise, just to finish. He says, it's not by force nor by my strength, nor by strength, but by my spirit. That's how it's possible and we just need to give him the space we need to build a place uh, in our hearts to be people of his presence and the people will one day shout in this part of north london may the may god bless it may god bless it amen
0: great great So we keep working and we keep praying. We cry out to God for bread for the day. Don't get caught up on traditions of the past. Keep flexible. What's God doing and saying today? And we embrace our destiny as a people of God's presence. And we recognize that isn't always the big and dramatic things, but we give our attention to the small things and let God build the amazing things out of that. Amen.